Happy Thursday, my darling pop culture junkies. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, everyone. This is like fake week. I always consider this fake week. It's, uh, you know, we're coming out of the summer blues, but we think that it's like end of summer immediately and, and people stop wearing white jeans, but it's like a swamp in New York right now from everybody that has reported back to me. At least it has been. It's like 100,000 degrees and people are sitting there sweltering through tennis. Tennis is still happening. I don't know why in my brain U.S. Open always ended on Labor Day. I, I don't know. It just feels like that's like a good end of summer thing. A lot of people still on holiday because it's a short week. Schools are all messed up because some schools started a month ago. Some schools started this week. I, some friends are still traveling. It's such a weird week. And then everybody decides to like, you know, it's like the day after, the, it's like after New Year's when everybody's made their resolutions. Everybody sort of had a lazy summer and now in work mode, everyone's like, I'm going to fire off every single thing. And I'm getting bombarded with emails. And when I get bombarded with emails, I don't read emails. I freeze. I don't know if anybody else is like that. Like I literally just go into email overload and, and I just like out of sight, out of mind. So people are like, I didn't hear back from you. It's not because I don't love you, respect you, want to answer your email, whether you're a client, a friend, a loved one. I just, it's overwhelming. Text me if it's urgent. That's basically my, my motto these days. And then I'll go through like an email frenzy and then I'll put it away. And I will say, and this is for the olds listening, you know, when you, they, they have this sort of thing about a limb, if you lose a limb, you have the phantom limb, you have that memory of the leg or the arm that you've lost finger, toe, whatnot. I have that. It's 2023. I have that about my Blackberry still to this day. I dream in Blackberry. Like I, I literally like when I'm texting or something in my dream, it's, I have the Blackberry keyboard. I miss, I was so efficient on email. Like I know friends of mine, journalists, whatnot would be like, Brooke was always the fastest responder because Blackberry was just, it was the greatest product. The iPhone is a terrible product. It's, I mean, let me say it, for email. It's a beautiful device for everything else. For email, it is a terrible product. I miss my keyboard on the BlackBerry to this day. The typing on the iPhone, has anyone noticed it? I think Taylor Lorenz, who's been a guest on here a couple of times, pointed this out like a month or so ago. And I have to agree, I don't know what's going on, but I will type a word that I type all the time. And it comes up in like, it's as if I'm having a neurological meltdown because I will type like, I love dogs and it'll come out like all vowels or all consonants that has nothing to do with me loving dogs. It's just like random letters put together. And I have to think, am I having sort of a, a moment, but no, the keypad has gotten worse. I don't know if this is in preparation for them launching the new phone. And then all the reviewers will be like, the keypad's amazing. The typing is amazing. And they've made the new, the keypads on the older models terrible, but guys send me help. Can somebody out there please create a new device? Can somebody out there please bring back the BlackBerry keyboard? Like I would take, I love the the pressing of keys. Again, I'm old. I understand that, but it is a much more efficient device for work and email. It just is. I miss it. 
I, I think about her all the time. I miss BBM. I'm, I really do. It's one of those rarities when you think about a product that no longer exists that was better than a product that we have today. So that's my rant, but we're back. And this is the last week you'll just have me. We're going to have some guests coming up over the next few weeks. So that's exciting. I never, I don't want to talk about it in advance in case something changes, but it'll be nice. It'll be nice to talk to somebody other than poor David, just watching me speak to a wall. But it's been a week. It was, I hope you guys had a wonderful long holiday weekend. We had Pop Culture Mondays on Tuesdays this week. That's when the newsletter came out. And if you guys are newsletter readers or subscribers, I'd love to hear from you if you're having any issues. Medium has been a bit finicky and I get asked and I've talked about it, why I use Medium and I call it a newsletter. It's obviously a blog, but I just, I love editing after in post, as they say, because of my crazy learning disabilities. Sometimes like words are terribly spelled and I go back and edit but I mean, do I put it on Substack? I don't know. I, I'd love feedback. So shoot me a, a message anywhere you can find me and give me your feedback. Um, but also let me know if you have had any problems accessing the newsletter or viewing the newsletter, or if you haven't received the newsletter in your inbox, just all of those things would be really, really helpful. So the, the two things we talked about the most in the newsletter, I do want to talk about a little bit today. <laughs> And, and and it continues the rolling out of the the Burning Man. And I'm going to butcher this word. I actually went on Google to learn how to pronounce it, but it's not Schadenfreude. It's Schaden Schadenfreude. Is that I think that makes me sound like a Nazi. Not to say all Germans are Nazis at all, by the way, that just happened at the U.S. Open. It was terrible. Somebody yelled at the German player some. Hitler phrase, but um, Schadenfreude, it just sounds like a sort of a dark term. And I normally don't relish having it, but this, this past weekend was, it was sort of fun. And I talk about Burning Man. Listen, there are a lot of people I know, people I've, I'm friends with, people I, I have known a long time who are burners. And, you know, we agree to disagree on that. I think that when I first was introduced to Burning Man, this was 1997. I just moved to San Francisco. I had never experienced a world like that. Now, just let me bring you back to 1997. The consumer internet was not what it is today. It was nascent in the nascent stages. We had dial up. There was no high speed broadband. There was certainly no Wi-Fi. We didn't have Google let alone Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There was no social media. I mean, there was like, once we had social media, there were things like Friendster. And then there was like Orkut that came on Google. But this was still 1997, early, early days. We didn't have Blackberries. We had, I had like a flip phone or whatever, a Motorola flip phone. We didn't text we didn't, we did AIM. That was it. Instant Messenger, AOL Instant Messenger. My name on AIM was Jane Street Girl. Actually, no, it w wouldn't have been then because I hadn't moved to New York. So that's interesting. I don't even remember what my AIM was. I don't even know what my cell phone number was because it was just like a random parent plan thing. So it was early days. And I met through my, my friends were some, what we would call wealthy tech guys who are now 
the wealthiest of tech guys. So these were guys who were, they were really comfortable. They drove nice cars. They had like ski boats. They had a really cool condo in San Francisco and maybe a vacation, small little, very modest vacation home on the big island or in Aspen, or maybe they would rent a place. They were rich to me. These guys are now billionaires. So that's cool. Good for them. I still worry about my mortgage every month, but that's cool. All happy for them. But these guys were, they were burners, some of them back in 97. And I give them credit for being OGs. And they had a very different concept of what Burning Man was. It was about disconnecting, though we were not nearly as connected at that point. It was a counterculture subculture at that point. Was there still the sort of wealth disparity because the the wealthier you were, the more money you put into the outfits, you would get a stylist. Even back then, these guys were getting like fashion consultants would come in and outfit them for Burning Man. And I talk about in the newsletter, but I got a lot of feedback on. I remember thinking it was really cool and being really impressed with what they were telling me this whole thing was about until one of them left a shopping list in my car. And at the time, my car was a Toyota 4Runner and I thought I was cool and rugged, you know, that kind of girl. And the list was like handwritten on a, on like a loose leaf piece of paper, but it had been ripped out of a spiral notebook. And in that they talked about getting cases of capers, not something you think about when you're going on a camping trip, capers, a shit ton of salmon. It may have said Nova, or I may just be, that may have just evolved in my memory, but it was a shit ton of salmon, bagels, not frozen, sparkling water. It, it, it was, it was, I do. And also I do think there was pate on that list, but again, I, that might have been a creation in my brain, but the others that I mentioned, capers, bagels, a shit ton of salmon and sparkling water were, I, I remember it like it was yesterday in my car thinking like I was so confused as what it was. And then like mapping it back as I was sitting on the Golden Gate Bridge in traffic. Uh, it's so funny. In this day and age, I would have taken a picture and put it on my Instagram story. But obviously then I was just listening to old FM radio and in my own brain. But Burning Man has evolved or as I say, devolved perhaps. And there's a new generation there. The The idea of it disconnecting and then turns out people have Starlinks. I don't even know how that works, but that's how all of those videos were getting out from the the flooding and mud. And it's not even mud, it's clay. I learned so much thanks to TikTok, but because it's a lake bed, it's not typical dirt or sand that then gets muddy. We all walk through mud. It's this alkaline mineral that then when mixed with water turns into like a thick, hard clay that sort of is like a quicksand slash. I, I think of like the La Brea tar pits, like the <laughs> the, the poor animals being stuck like, rah, like frozen midstream. And so now we're getting all these videos of like cars frozen in the mud, like the La Brea tar pits. And, you know, there are these 10 principles. I don't need to go through all of them, blah, blah, blah. But the people that I've always experienced who are, they're exhibitionists. They love to have the attention. They are certainly not disconnecting. They, they would broadcast their experience. And I frankly would do the same. I probably would, but I have no interest in going to Burning Man. I've never had any interest in going to Burning Man. I'm not, a, that's just not my, my jam. And I don't judge it except for the hypocrisy. 
And then I'm like, all bets are off. So if you're following those 10 principles and if you're talking about an equal utopia, money doesn't exist, everybody like works, has a job, everybody's on different crews, cleanup crew, bathroom crew, whatever. You all have these different roles and responsibilities. If that were the case and everybody sort of came into Burning Man at the same level, everybody's like accommodations would be the same. Everybody sort of had, then I would be like, okay, but it's not that. And it was never that it is still, there is a ladder, if you will, depending on your economic setup, or if, if you have friends who are in a better economic setup than you. So they're the people, like regular people who just have tents. They pop a tent, they have a great setup and the tents on the ground and they have their gear and their car and whatnot. And then they're the complete opposite end of the spectrum. People who come in with unbelievable RVs, huge like camper vans. And I do think they've, they've sort of pulled back on, there was a time, like I think Bob Pittman would have like the fanciest camp that had like actual beds and bedrooms and butlers and rosé fridges. I feel like that got pushed aside. Like they realized that was not a good look, but there's still sort of the, there's levels, there's levels, there's, you know, first class economy plus an economy. I mean, that's like, it's what it is. First class business economy plus an economy. I think that's sort of looking at Burning Man. So right then and there, you already are not at an equal playing field and you have different, you know, either people are part of camps or people have individual tents or whatnot. And again, it all depends on your economic setup. So there's that. Then the another principle is that you leave no waste behind, which in the fallout of Burning Man, we are seeing the people when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And a lot of people bailed. A lot of people have left their cars abandoned. Now, admittedly, they couldn't do anything with the cars. The cars are stuck. And it's sad to see. I mean, there's Priuses, there's Jeeps, there's camper vans, all the TikToks coming out. But I would hope they are making arrangements to come and get those vehicles out of there. But just other videos showing just people left entire campsites, funny TikToks where somebody's like, my assistant's going back and dealing with all of it. Like, it'll be fine. I mean, it was, that was, that was humor, but I'm sure also true for many. There's, you know, the people who stayed, who feel that they're the true burners and then the sparkle bunnies or whatever they call them that left the minute things got tough. This year at Burning Man really is separating the OG burners from the sparkle ponies. Check this out. Camps are leaving entire gray water things behind. And that guy in yellow, uh, yeah, he was stranded by his camp. They left him. I think he fell asleep at another camp and they just left without him. Now he's stuck here at Burning Man. Pretty sure that tent's not coming down. That's about a dozen bikes in the middle of nowhere. My camp's got people planning to be here through tomorrow to help with move and strike and stuff to try to get as much done around us as humanly possible. Uh, we're two o'clock a die. If any of you guys want to help move or strike, if you're kidding this at all, if you have Starlink, then come on by. Um, we will be here for the temple burn because it's going to be a lot of work and I'll see you guys there. So you're creating this like, it's just the way society is. It's Lord of the Flies, man. I mean, it just, we all revert back to that. Like, you know, everything is great the minute something gets tough, the minute something goes down, we all revert back to our like survival of the fittest and the rich bail 
And it's like, not my problem. I can leave the cars, the trucks, my belongings behind. I'll just replace it. Where others are like, I can't. This is my entire livelihood. I can't leave. I can't leave my car. I can't leave my possessions. So, you know, and then it's so funny. Literally, I just can't imagine. I guess there's, if you don't go in a car, how do you get picked up? They have prearranged Ubers. So like you have to walk the playa and it can take hours depending on how you're set up. And my understanding is the playa is set up. The camps are set up like a clock. And so people are like, I'm at 2.15, I'm at 9 p.m., I'm at 6, whatever. I can't, I'm like, it's too much for my brain. So depending on where you are and how the mud was, it could take an hour to get off the playa. It could take six hours like it did for Chris Rock and Diplo apparently. And then you get to the road and then freedom prevails. They also call their departure the exodus, which yes, an exodus means a departure, a mass departure of people, but like, you know, it's biblical and it's meaning it's pretty meaningful of like people leaving to escape their lives and their, their freedoms. And this is like, so the burners with their like bone necklaces and all of their metal face masks and so forth. And they're like, we're taking the exodus. We were just at the temple, the burning of the temple, the man burned. And then we have Exodus tomorrow. It's like, I I mean, no. Sun's back and people are confident enough to start their Exodus out, meaning we're not all going to be stuck here till Wednesday or Thursday. They are burning the men tonight at 9 p.m. and then the Tower of Babel, new thing, at midnight. I don't know about the temple yet. I'm waiting to find out about that. That's important to me. But here at 2 o'clock and I, we are still cooking and feeding people. If you don't have any food or if you don't have any water, you can have some before you start your Exodus. It'll stop, probably still be a big, long Exodus because of the condition of the, of the ground. It'll be slow moving out. Could be a 10 or 12 hour drive out of here. So come by, get some food and start your journey home. Or I'll see you at the burn. You know, to each its own, but it's been fun to watch it unfold. And now there's this whole new industry that I'm seeing of people on TikTok, industry of rental vans. So a lot of people, it's not just like you don't go and rent a van from Hertz or Avis. A lot of individual people, I guess, have a business where they're renting out camper vans, like decked out big RVs and camper vans. And the owners of these vans are now showing their trucks or RVs being returned in the state that they're in. And apparently, even though you're like in Reno and you know somebody, it's like the day before Burning Man and people are coming to rent their bus and they promise and sign all these documents that they're not bringing it to Burning Man. Like, obviously they're bringing it to Burning Man. They're lying on all these documents. And so that's what you're seeing unfold. A lot of tourists or whatnot came in and lied that they weren't taking the camper to Burning Man thinking they were getting away with it. And then of course, you know, the apocalypse happened. There's also like all of these things that people do to, to sort of set up their cars or vans going into the playa that if you are an experienced playa goer, I guess you would know. So the owners of these RVs are sort of have levels of, of severity of their cars or trucks, but the ones that did not do them dirty, I guess you cover all of the vents with plastic. So none of the dust gets in, you cover all of the outside, any place that stuff would come into the car. So all the vents, the outside, the pipes, like when it's sitting there on the playa, they covered everything and they covered the entire like floors and everything with plastic and protection. So those guys did well. There are others that were just trashed. 
And then there was one person who was able to track the GPS of one of their vans and they were not getting responses from the renters. And yet they could tell that the truck had gotten or RV had gotten off the playa, had gotten into Reno. They were calling, texting, no response. And finally they called the cops. And so the cops paid the renters a visit at the hotel where they were and everything got straightened out, but they had lied about bringing the RV to, to the playa, which is, you know, very unburning man. Like you're, you're lying to business owners to get what you want to make your life more convenient. Like how does that transcribe into peace, love, humanity, blah, blah, blah. You're lying to these people whose entire livelihoods are around the, this business. So I just find it just, I just find hypocrisy, just cringe, 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 cringe. So that is that. And then moving on to other things, I don't know if you guys read the newsletter or saw this happening, but I'm calling it Shakshuka Gate. And what's so funny is that I, (laughs) in Israel, I ate a lot of shakshuka. It was like popular in every single place I went. And I brought home all these beautiful spices because the spice markets in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem were insane. And so I have a bunch of shakshuka spices. I'm like, I'm going to teach myself shakshuka. Well, lo and behold, I was not the first person to think of that. This adorable TikTok creator named Julia Major, who's a 29-year-old single woman with no kids. Not that she plans on being like that forever. She's just not married and doesn't have kids at this moment in time. She did a TikTok about how she slept in on a Saturday. She woke up at 10. She watched some reality shows. She watched some content. She's teaching herself shakshuka. It's 10.45 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm 29 and single and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10.15. Every time I thought I should probably get up and do something. I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night and I didn't get home until 1am and I danced and drank my little heart out and I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. And I woke up a tad hungover this morning, which is probably why I was in bed for so long. And I was just scrolling on my phone and I saw a picture of Shakshuka and I thought, you know what sounds really good? Maybe I'm going to learn how to make shakshuka today because I have no plans and I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I don't have errands to run. I can go to the grocery store and learn how to make shakshuka. So that's on my agenda today. Also on my agenda, probably a rewatch of some Real Housewives of New York. I'm also doing a rewatch of Normal People on Hulu, which is really spicy and I highly recommend. Weirdly, I'm into this documentary on Netflix about blue zone countries. So I've got a pretty stacked day. Anyway, I say all this to say, whenever I'm hurt on myself about why I'm not married and I don't have kids, and I should be further along at 29, almost 30. I wouldn't want to do anything else this Saturday. I know that you can do all these things when you have kids and you're married and I understand, but the effortlessness and ease of my life, just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuka I want to make or the Beyonce concert I want to go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life. When you put stuff out there, yes, can you be criticized? People are always looking to take people down, but that's fine. She put it out there. I don't think she was boasting that she doesn't have kids. She was just saying like, look, this is the life that I have right now. And I'm, I'm, I have no regrets. And for some reason, the, the, the right wing white men who all have tiny little hands clearly, because what else are they upset about? They have clearly clear issues on that. But one in particular, Matt Walsh, who I honestly have not 
encountered before and I choose to never encounter again. But he posted the TikTok to his Twitter in an angry rant where he said, her life doesn't revolve around her family and kids. So instead it revolves around TV shows and pop stars. Worst of all, she's too stupid to realize how depressing this is. I mean, can you even, first of all, he just described my life. My life does not revolve around family and kids. It revolves around TV shows, pop stars, pop culture, tech, my clients, my dog, my friends, my house. And uh, I guess I'm too stupid to realize how depressing that is. I'm just, I'm living, I'm living a nightmare, guys. And... This was just so triggering to the right, and they just all piled on. Hi, my name is Julie, and I'm 29 and single. Yesterday, someone named Matt Walsh decided to repost a TikTok video that I posted to his 2.4 million followers on X, formerly known as Twitter. And the way that his followers bullied me in the comments, reached out to me on social media, threatened me, was honestly abhorrent. Some of his followers said that I was going to die alone. I should actually die and never leave my house. I should be sexually assaulted. I'm pathetic. I'm a whore. And that I was dead behind my eyes. Honestly, that one kind of made me laugh because I use Kosa's concealer and I thought that it was working. No, but really, if you haven't watched the video, I suggest you watch it. It's all about how I, a 29-year-old single female, decided to spend my Saturday watching reality TV, learning how to cook shakshuka, and sleeping in until 10 a.m. These people were really, really, really riled up about my choices on a Saturday. But here's the thing about social media. While it can be a really crazy place, which I experienced yesterday, it's a place where there's content for everyone. Here's who I'm creating content for. I'm creating content for people who are taking their time creating the lives that they want for themselves because it's the life that they want, not something that society has deemed correct. People who are feeling anxious in life because they haven't met their person yet or started a family aren't rushing or settling to meet someone because some internet troll is telling them that they're going to die alone. And you know what? There's a 40 to 50% divorce rate in the U.S. And I believe that figuring out who you are first and foremost and meeting your partner at that point is going to decrease that divorce rate. And if you're lucky enough to have the family and friends and support that I do, none of us are going to die alone. And I believe that we're all going to meet our people and we're going to do it living life by our own terms. Life's too short to be living life figuring out what Matt Walsh wants us to do or what some internet troll behind their keyboard is saying. If anyone is wondering, the shakshuk I made was delicious, and I'd love to share the recipe if anyone's interested. And then an unexpected hero came out. And I mean, I say he's like our big brother, but I guess big brother means something else. So that the, the best way I can describe it is he's like the ultimate girl dad of the internet. And that is our beloved friend who I'm going to get on this podcast. I have to just ask him, Mark Cuban. And when I praised him on the company formerly known, the platform formerly known as Twitter, some like right wing Trumper was like, you act like you would even know him and like you don't know anything about him. And I was like, bitch, please. I've known Mark Cuban since 1998. But regardless, Cubes is a, you, we all know him. We see him. He's bombastic. He speaks his mind. He's was very outspoken during the Trump presidency. He owns a basketball team. He's on Shark Tank. He has this unbelievable pharmacy company where it's about compounding and getting drugs to people uh, that are affordable. He is a girl dad. He's just a really kind, wonderful man. And he retweeted or reposted whatever you fucking want to call it Matt Walsh's tweet and said says the guy whose life revolves around Twitter slash X and that led into a shitstorm. then you had Stephen Miller 
that guy, that like Tales from the Crypt guy, who reaches out and says, you have a large following. This is to Mark. People listen to your advice. What would you say is a more fulfilling path for adults, starting a family or sleeping late and watching TV? What advice would you give to someone who suggests they wish to be childless so they can stream more shows? And again, my favorite response to this besides Mark Cuban's was coming from a guy that sleeps in a cave during the day, you know? Totally. Mark Cuban and why I, I just think he's, he's so smart and thoughtful and like not a lot of politicians are like this. So I wish Mark could not, maybe not want Mark to be a politician, but people could learn from him. Thanks for asking Stephen. One, I wouldn't give her advice unless she asked. Two, after looking at the comments to her posts, I would thank her for offering a place for people who can relate to her to engage and have a conversation. She replies to the comments and based on that, people seem to appreciate it. Three, from a business perspective, I would tell her that the wellness space is crowded, but if she does this in addition to her job, she might be able to build a nice business. Four, as far as a family, I would tell her to do whatever she thinks is best for her. It's none of my fucking business. Five, if I had you both in a room, I would point at her and thank her for trying to bring joy to others. And I would point at you and ask, what happened that causes you to hate so much? Seriously, Stephen, why so much hate from you? I mean, it, and it just goes on. There's back and forth between Mark and Matt and this and that. And it was beautiful to see how Mark just dealt with the triggered, sensitive, small-handed souls of the far-right men on the internet. And then this creator, uh, Julia Major posted another TikTok following up to the attacks that she got. And she said, and she was so graceful about it and so calm, but clearly had been through it, clearly had been traumatized by the attention and attacks on her. She called out the fact that people did wish for her to die, wish for her to be raped, calling her a whore. You know, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've experienced it to not to that extent at all, but it's just, it's just, yeah, maybe going back to 1997 wouldn't be so bad. I don't know. I think this, this, this technology we've created has wrought some, some pretty ugly behaviors and, it's, it's crazy to see. So anyway, hats off to you, Mark Cuban. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you. We are so grateful to you. We're grateful to you, Julia, for continuing to fight the fight and for standing up to these wackadoo, wackadoo bullies. And that's, that's, those are sort of the big, big things this past week and pop culture isn't always the gossip celebrity news that I, I try to do a delicate dance. Like, you know, we have so much, there's TMZ and there's Dumois and all the other places you can get your gossipy celebrity news. But I will say the Timothy Chalamet, Kylie Jenner, make out sesh public sort of coming out of the relationship at Beyonce um, at the Beyonce concert is, is really turning out to be an ordeal for a lot of people. And they're so, I, I mean, I honestly, I've never laughed so hard at any piece of content that my neighbor heard me laughing, like crying, laughing this morning out on my deck, having coffee that they were like, are you okay? And they couldn't tell if I was like sobbing, but it just, I'm going to put it in the show notes cause there's no sound. It doesn't make sense. So you just have to click on it, but it's <laughs> it's two sets of legs in a bathtub. One are these like tanned, lovely legs and the other, these tiny little white 
like skinniest legs and the feet are in spasms and they're like Kylie and Timothy in the bath after Beyonce. <laughs> and it, I don't know why. I mean, it just was so funny. Everybody who knows me knows that I've had Timothy Chalamet crush, but now I just see he, I, I've evolved. I mean, it does seem crazy because he looks like a child, but he really does look like a teenage boy. And then there's other memes going around. There's like pictures, I guess, before, it was when Kanye was married to Kim. And then you had Pete Davidson, Timothy Chalamet, Kanye, and I guess Chloe's baby daddy. But again, before, or maybe he was dating Chloe at the time, but they're all together and people are going crazy. They're like, the foreshadowing is nuts. <laughs> and generally speaking, things don't end well for the boys of, of the Kardashian clan. So everybody is watching breathlessly breathlessly for what is to come of them. But I don't know. On some hand, people are really celebrating it and are like, this is going to be really good for Kylie because whatnot. People are surprised. But Timothy Chalamet has apparently, I mean, he's he loves the Nepo babies. He dated Madonna's daughter who is beautiful. I mean, all of his girlfriends have been beautiful, but he's dated Madonna's daughter when they were at NYU. He dated Johnny Depp's daughter. You know, there's the, there's the, there's a thing there, but, um, good for them. I hope, you know, maybe she helps him grow up a little bit. She is a mom of two after all. Uh, but being a part of that clan, I mean, that's gotta be heady. She was carrying a, one of those teeny tiny bags. Everybody who goes to Beyonce is instructed to wear silver. That was sort of midstream. I think that announcement came out a couple weeks ago that Beyonce asks her people to wear silver. So Kylie delivered and she was carrying a bag that was apparently worth 60 or $70,000. Like, she will be a Burning Man at one at one point with her sixty seventy thousand dollar handbags to to dance around the temple with. But that's that's really what I got today. I think we have a lot of ground to cover in other areas of the world. I'm going to ignore other pop culture things that are happening. Just too many, just too many to count. I can't keep track. There were so many different things that unfolded on TikTok this week or last week. There was the guy who's the one night stand who stole this woman's shoes, the Maison Margiela. It's read the newsletter. I can't even bring myself to talk about it. But the beauty of TikTok is that we are entering into like another realm of, of content. So we're following along people's stories. People are using it as story time. They are very open with like, I had sex with a guy. It was a one night stand. I met him on the street and then he, he took my shoes and I'm going to get my shoes back and help me get my shoes back. And girlfriend got her shoes back. So there's that. There's Coco. I mean, I am obsessed with Coco. I don't know how to say her last name. Grauf, I think. This is a young woman who took, took everybody uh, to school at the U.S. Open, the referees, the, the older much more seasoned professional player for breaking the rules. And she advocated for herself. And uh, it was really, it's breathtaking to see. I mean, she calls out the fact that her opponent, who is a 35-year-old professional tennis player from Germany, was sitting when you're not supposed to sit. And she called that out during a break. You're not supposed to sit. And 
the woman like jumped up, but then there were, she kept running the clock. Her opponent kept running the clock. You're supposed to serve within 25 seconds. She kept running the clock and not getting any penalties. So good for Coco for advocating for herself. Coco is also very excited to see the Biebers uh, there cheering her on. I believe Justin Bieber is wearing the Lueve lip sunglasses. Check that out when you can. He still looks like my imagined lesbian aunt from Toronto. So uh, he's, he's leaning into that look more and more along with his Crocs. He looks like between a lesbian aunt and your eight-year-old, you drop off at daycare in Berkeley. That's basically, it's like any given day. That's what Justin Bieber looks like. Okay. So I'm going to do my makeout, marry and mute. I got it right this time. Yes. Yes, I did. So my makeout, I think another story that I I wrote about was the romper stomper. And this is a young lady who is at a Morgan Wallen concert. She is called the romper stomper because she's wearing a really cute little blue denim romper with white cowboy boots. Let's just put aside the fact that likely all of the people we're talking about are Trump supporters. We're just going to, just for now, we're going to celebrate romper stomper. She was admittedly had cut somebody off in line at a porta potty. Mistakenly, she didn't realize it. While she was in the porta potty, her mom, who looks to be like maybe 30, but I don't know, um, was standing guard in front of the porta potty. And the girl she cut off decided to fight the mom whether she realized it was the mom or not and started sort of attacking the mom at which point romper stomper came out from like the sidelines and tore these ladies apart for hitting her mom and I mean it was there was hair pulling there was like pushing people on the porta potties like it's a lot and she's been really sweet about it I mean despite her choices of going on what's his name David Portnoy's podcast and whatnot but to be expected. She's like, look, I didn't mean to cut the girl off, but you come after my mama and she should be celebrated for defending her mother. Now, obviously nobody should be fighting each other, but it was kind of fun to watch. And I mean, to be expected, I guess, at a Morgan Wallen concert, but her name is Dalini Di Sabato. I'd make out with her. Love her. It would just sort of be like, uh, I just, I celebrate her. Mary, I think we all want to marry the girl dad, the sort of the encompassing of Mark Cuban. I love what he stands for right now. We all want that in our life. So like we marry the essence of Mark Cuban. And mute. I'm, I just want to mute. Like I'm seeing now people come back from Burning Man and post on, of all things, Facebook, but some Instagrams like I survived. We didn't die. We had the best time. Like, don't believe the media hype. Da, 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 da. And it's really triggering to me. Like I just, I just immediately like mute those people now. So I'm like literally mute them on Instagram and so forth. Silence them. Don't want to see their posts for 30 days. So I'm muting them publicly muting all of them. That's it. That's it. My darlings have a beautiful rest of this wildly weird week and stay cool wherever you are. And do hit me up if you've had any problems reading the newsletter or accessing it. I will respond to the email if you email me or DM me or shout out to me on Twitter X or threads or Instagram message me or send a carrier pigeon and I'll appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. Pop culture.